Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. This is a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and conspiracies, the fringe and the supernatural. This is a show where we do little to no research on our topics. We are not professionals in any field except speculation. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the Ruby Ridge Standoff. I am your host, Toby, and alongside me are a few of my co-hosts. Hi, Toby. What's your name? Rudy. You want some candy? Uh, no, I'm good. I don't <laughs> need any candy. No, 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 no. Who else is here? Kristen. Uh-huh. Do you want some candy? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Okay, guys. I got, I got some candy. Gal. Oh, what? No candy. Oh, damn. We're going to be uh, discussing the case i always feel some goofy saying like hey today we're discussing because if you download our episode then you clicked it and you know what it says yeah, and yeah. you you hit play so you know we're talking about ruby ridge right right but i always have to act like ooh, everyone's hearing it for the first time or on this one since you brought that up you could always be like we talk about blank and just... maybe some <laughs> people are on automatic like download and they don't even no, they, they like the surprise yeah they of... don't even pay attention they're just like oh, boop. Ooh, see i'm automatic download and I have yet to listen to any of them. Well, thank you for your download. What a solid listener. <laughs> I don't right. listen to any of them either. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Two of, two of the co-hosts. But we don't like hearing our own voices. I don't like hearing y'all's own voices. And I edit the show. We don't like hearing your voices. That's why we don't listen. <laughs> okay. Like I said, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Ruby Ridge and uh, its incidents. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's many incidents. Very, very interesting. But before we talk about Ruby Ridge, I wanted to talk about the family that's involved in the incident. Are you discussing the Wavers? The Wavers? The Wavers? Yes, I am. All right. In 1971, Randy Weaver and Vicki Jordanson, they, they got married uh-huh. in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Around the 80s, the couple decided that they wanted to move due to their daughter, Sarah, being enrolled in public school. They were very against public school. Right. So this is this is what I think is probably like one of the catalysts in them uh, moving onto the mountain. Uh-huh. Is they just didn't want their daughter in public school. Oh, uh, in Iowa at the time, parents weren't allowed to do homeschooling either. So, oh, okay. This is okay. what gets them out of Iowa. Right. Is you're not allowed to homeschool. They prepared for about a year to move to the mountains, uh, so they could practice their religion and teach their kids and just generally be left alone right. away from everyone. Right. In August eight, 1983, they left Iowa with no real plan where to go, and they ended up settling in North Idaho. It's five years before I was born. Oh, that's kind of sad. How yeah. how how long was it for you? Born? What year was it? 1983. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lie. <laughs> Me and Kristen weren't even thought of yet. Nope. <laughs> I was just a uh, just a little squirt. Literally, gross. gross. <laughs> um, so they ended True. up finding this uh, small logging town called. Naples. Uh-huh. Uh, supposedly, it was full of other right-wing survivalists at the time, just like them. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. home sweet home and all. And right. oranges. Right. <laughs> and what? And oranges. Naples. Naples has oranges. Does it? I 
I, I don't think I'm so. I'm not an orange expert. I'm right. not sure where. Mm, I think it God was long. dang it. I thought oranges were California or Florida or something. Usually. Is that, am I, am I wrong? Well, that's maybe, is there a Naples, Florida? Hmm. I think that's what she's thinking. I don't know. I'm, I'm no orange I expert. Think, I don't think there's a. Naples, oranges, Florida. There <laughs> that's not my go. fault. Hey, mystery yeah, yeah, solved. Yeah, it is. Hey, you it, brought it up. That's good that she remembered it, though. Right. I, had, I just was like, I don't know, maybe Florida? Yeah. Naples, oranges. Okay, so uh, Larry brings Larry is a guy that works at the pro desk with me at Home Depot, and he brings me oranges all the time. So now you can tell him, you can ask him, did that come from <sighs> Naples, Florida, or Naples, Indiana, or Idaho? <laughs> Idaho. That's why I called Idaho. in today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so they found a spot for their home on a hilltop, and they paid about five thousand dollars for the land. Uh-huh. Uh, they built a plywood cabin, mostly out of scraps from lumber yards. Uh, they raised animals and grew their own food. So they were really trying to get off the grid. Right. Right. Randy and Vicky had three children all together. Sarah, Sam, and the youngest was Rachel. Not yet. I'm not. I see that look in your eyes. I'm not. I'm sitting that back. You almost started your motorcycle I, and hit yeah, the ramp. I almost did. I, I held back. <laughs> So, uh, I almost jumped the shark basically. He saw no, it I know, but yeah. I don't know what about. Yeah, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> Damn it. Randy and Vicky started to trust the government less and become even more and more religious and also kind of racist <laughs> during this time. They kind, got kind of racist, yeah. Didn't they? Didn't, uh, uh, go ahead because I know where you're going with this next. Uh, so. Uh, people in town would tell Randy that they didn't want to hear his political or racist views, uh, but he apparently would—he <laughs> would tell anyone that would listen to him. Right. So uh, this—that's—that's that's all important because that might explain some of the actions later on. I don't know. All I had was like the scenario said, Randy. We don't want to hear your racist nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like your kind around here. Which actually isn't quite true from what I've read about the area. I I think that town, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to speak. I don't think bad they. About I don't it. think they embraced it like Randy did. No, though. no, no. Yeah, that's you know how, that's I mean? how I feel. Right. They didn't uh, have KKKs or anything. Hold on, we're getting to that. Hey, guy, y'all. <laughs> well, she, she jumped it, so you can put the sound effect. Well, in. <laughs> that's not my fault. I don't know nothing about any of this. Just so y'all know. Right. Well, okay. I, I did want to. I wanted to talk to you and tell you about this other small incident before we got. So now we got some backstory on the family. Right. I want to give you some more uh, backstory on uh, another small group. Okay. Uh, at the time, there was a white supremacist group that had become pretty militant. Uh, they were pretty militant terrorist group called the order yes or silent brotherhood right they were an offshoot of um the the aryan uh, brotherhood yes, something something like that right uh i felt odd doing research on the order so <laughs> that's why you clear history yeah you don't want to be the red or the blue pill no <laughs> no um so the order was founded by robert j matthews in 1983 and they were known to sometimes bomb banks uh-huh. They also bombed a theater and ran a counterfeiting operation. There, there, there was also uh, them shooting up uh, armored trucks. Yeah, just yeah. to shoot them up. They wouldn't steal anything. They just because well, they were part of the bank. One of the first things that they robbed uh-huh. was a sex shop. Oh, okay. and you know how much they made away with? Uh-uh. Successfully, 
Nothing, because sex shops make nothing. $369.10. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So, which in 80s currency is probably a couple grand today. So, like you were saying, they they did shoot up uh, uh, armored trucks and stuff, but they did make out on one occasion. Did they? Take a guess. What year is this in? 83-ish, around that time. How much People do you think they stole from the uh, the order stole from this armored truck? The Ten, armored truck? Ten thousand. I'd say five. Five thousand. Three point six million dollars. Holy shiitake mushrooms. Okay. Three point six million? Three point six yeah. million. So this little order people were dumb. They uh, Okay, that that would warrant some uh, federal investigations, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So on June eighteenth, nineteen eighty four, a Jewish radio talk show host, Alan Berg, mm. was murdered by the order. Right. Supposedly. Right. Long story short, the leader Robert Matthews or the group was never pinned for the murder, but some of the other activities could be linked to them due to someone giving up the info. Uh, the FBI moved to capture Matthews and surrounded a house in Freeland, Washington on December 7th, 1984. He refused to come out or negotiate with them. He stopped talking to anyone on December 8th the next day. The FBI fired dozens of smoke grenades and stun grenades into the house to try to get him to come out. But the motherfucker had a gas mask. Oh. Oh, that motherfucker. (laughs) So he was ready. Yes. Well, I mean, he got $3.6 million. I mean, I think I'd be pretty ready for anything thrown at me. I think I'd have more than a gas mask. (laughs) So Honestly, uh, it was enough. Yeah. (laughs) uh, turret. I'd have a turret. (laughs) I'd have a laser robot. (laughs) See, three point six million back in the eighties. God, you'd be freaking rich forever back then. Matthews fired at several of the agents who came near the house, and even at a helicopter. The FBI ended ended up shooting three seven. M79 starburst flares inside the house. That's all they could afford. So I don't know what that means or anything. <laughs> three. But it, yeah, three, three. That sounds like three one starburst. sounds like enough, but right. three uh, is a little overkill. And it's it, uh, did he catch the place on fire? Well, it set off a box of hand grenades and oh. ammunition, all that shit that he had stockpiled. Oh God. Okay. Uh, so apparently, when they found Matthew's body. Uh, he was still had the pistol in his hand, like he was gonna commit suicide. No, like like he, he was gonna go down. With he the he was gonna go down fighting in the fire. Yep. What if he was gonna commit suicide? It might have been. He, may have, he didn't have enough time because those fucking grenades <laughs> those went grenades off. Grenades already. He didn't, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't they even found the, the hand. Right. To be honest with you. Uh, so no FBI agents were injured in this incident. Later, seventy five people seventy five people were convicted of crimes connected to the order. And the FBI got very aggressive with their investiga- investigations against groups like this after all this incident. Right. So that's why it's important because it shows like they were going to get on top of anyone that, you know, got on the feds ra- radar. Right. They went after banks. And sex shops. Sex shops. <laughs> I just thought that was great. And, like, Ju- and Jewish radio hosts. I, I couldn't let you go, just gloss over the sex shop. With, right. the, with the, I had to go I'm back. I'm just so confused at how they were out there and about and got 3.6. Like, the armored truck doesn't make any stops. It may have like, been. It may drop have been, it off or nothing. Like, it's just like, let's keep on trucking with our one point. You know, it's whatever. possible that I could have got the research message. And it where could have been get- several trucks, you know? Well, it could have been research, too. That they researched into and a big load. I was wondering, like, what shops did they use? What do you mean, what shops? Like, what shops did, like, were being used 
for them to get three point six million, like in a little tiny town. Well, it, we don't know what town it happened in. I didn't oh. look that deep into it. It was actually in the area that all this was. It's just a lot of money to be. The order operated. It was. It was a nationwide thing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. See, I, don't, I didn't. I mean, I just did very minimal right. research on the order. Maybe you one day suck. we'll look more into it, just because uh, you know it's, it's, it's gangs and stuff are yeah. kind of interesting. We never really touched on a gang, have we? No, actually, we mm, we're not going to. Oh, I'm not getting. Oh. No, there's oh. one thing being stupid and saying. Well, the order. I like down. when murderers do what they do, or <laughs> oh. no one's no one's saying that they like when murderers do what they do. I oh, have. She is. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> I have, and the freaking Skull Gacy Wayne Gacy. Gacy yeah. No, but gangs, that's a whole other story. You start getting guns involved. we are going to keep touching on gangs because we're going to talk about some uh, neo-Nazis and stuff here in a minute. (laughs) It's all part of the history. It's part of the story. Good thing I'm blonde hair, blue eyed. I'm not messing with y'all no more. Y'all are horrible. I I look Muslim, so I'm screwed. (laughs) You look Jewish. Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) You're Muslim Jew? Yeah. Awesome. Best of both worlds. Oh, y'all look Muslim? Shut up. The Jewish kid. Hey, shut up. In 1989, a federal informant who was acting like a gun-running biker going by the name Gus Magasino. 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 He tried to buy two sawed-off shotguns for $700 from Randy Weaver. Uh, Randy had known Gus for four years, so they had a pretty good relationship. Uh He sold him the guns after he personally cut the barrels off. Which, that's so weird to me. Like, uh, why wouldn't you just, like, I need shotguns? Is there a special way? I've never cut off a barrel of a shotgun. My understanding is a sawed-off shotgun is illegal because it's concealable then. Right, but, like, why would he waste perfectly good... I don't know. Like, why wouldn't he just sell the guy shotguns and then let the guy cut them off himself? Uh, You know, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. That's why... Like, if I wanted a, a right. sawed-off shotgun, I would go buy a shotgun. I wouldn't be like, hey, Rudy, do you know where I can get some sawed-off shotguns? I'll be like, no, Toby. Wink, wink. Nudge, <laughs> nudge. I'll tell you off microphone. <laughs> but that's that's just one detail that I was just like, that sounds so fucking stupid. You know, I never really considered that. He sold them two actual sawed-off shotguns. Unless he just had them lying around. But that's, in, in, in the one of the documentaries I watch, he actually says, like, I sawed them off. Right. Why? Why didn't you just sell them the goddamn shotguns? Right. Anyways, I'm stressing on that. Uh, So, anyways, he ended the interaction uh, with Gus after he found out that he was a no good, dirty, stinking rat. That's right. He was. What all men named Gus are? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You just, you just any anyone any listeners we have, all the Guses are like, (laughs) fuck them. Turning off the podcast right now. What, what is her Twitter? Madame Von Doom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At Madame Von Doom for your grievances, Gus. <laughs> I check it once a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by the time uh, Randy had found out that he was a rat, it was far too late. Uh, selling the sawed off shotguns were an arrestable offense. So since the FBI and the ATV. F. God, I was about uh, to say ATV. I know. <laughs> I thought it was ATV. <laughs> Which. Uh, ATF is, uh, I'm going to say ATV sometime or another. I know it. ATF is alcohol, tobacco, firearms. <laughs> Vehicles. Vehicles. Everything a Texan can possibly want. God dang wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they were eat. 
So you know, I'm an ATF for life. That's right. <laughs> so since Gus uh, was found out to be a rat, they lost their informant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what they they still needed some someone in on the white supremacist group. So they asked Randy and uh, Randy. 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 Fucking Randy. <laughs> Uh, so they they were using this this uh, incident as leverage. Like, hey, I mean, you got we know you sold these illegal sawed off shotguns. Right. Do some work for us. And <laughs> okay, okay. And I here, see some guy going, who me man, not me man. <laughs> here, here's what I here's something that I found kind of weird. He meets Randy. The the agent meets Randy at a rally. Yeah. What kind of rally? It, a white supremacist rally. A white supremacist rally. I know. I just wanted y'all to say it. <laughs> he meets him there. As, it's kind of like it was, from what I understand, it was like a three-day event, and it was to recruit. Three Rand, days? Randy wasn't exactly part of it, though. He was just there to see what they were all about. Yeah. Oh, just, <clears throat> just treading the waters? Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I think. There's some... Who treads their waters at a white supremacist event? You would be surprised. <laughs> Not that I know, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, well, I guess we kind of tread our and, waters and that's, at a alien, right? And that's where that, that's where what's his name? That's where the agent met Randy was at one of these little events, right? So nowhere did I really find out that he was actually part of any group, right? Yeah, I think he he had some of the shared beliefs. Yeah, he, yeah definitely, definitely. But, he'll even admit that, right? Yeah, Underlining. yeah, he does. If you watch some of the documentaries with him in it, yeah, he's like, he's yeah. like, oh yeah, I didn't like the Jews at all. Oh, there's. I, I wish I would have got the quote for it, but he said something about like uh, racist isn't a bad word. That just means you're proud of your race, right? And right. it was like, wait, what? That doesn't make yeah. sense. Race isn't a bad word. It just means you're proud of who you are. Uh, so, anyways, he did refuse to uh, take up the FBI ATF's offer of being a, a rat. Right. Um, a little while later, Randy was trying to help a couple that had broken down on the side of the road with a overheated truck, is what they told them. And when he reached for the truck, the couple revealed that they were federal agents and arrested his ass. Uh-huh. This happened. The couple? So there was a boy and a girl? Yeah. And they were both? That's usually what a couple is. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. not always. I mean, it could have been. Let's just say it was two guys. Two guys. Well, this was the 80s. A couple means two. It doesn't mean boy and girl. A couple means two. Like a married couple. Hmm. Just It was two undercover agents. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's kind of weird. Like, the, I didn't know they were that smart to send them out like that back then. Well, yeah. Federal government's devious. We've covered this before. Um, On 83. This incident happened about a year after the selling the guns incident. Right. So this right. is a full year that they waited around. Uh, during the arraignment, uh, he signed over his property as bond. Which is important uh-huh. to know. Uh-huh. They tell him that if he is found guilty, his property will be taken away. Big mistake to tell someone who already distrusts your ass anyway. Right. <laughs> Very right. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't show up for court. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, this made him a federal fugitive and the case was turned over to the U.S. Marshal Service. At this point, the weavers wouldn't leave their property for even food because they were growing everything. Right. They were they were raising their own animals, growing yeah. their own crops. Uh, they told some of the locals that he didn't sell the guns, so he had the support from them. Uh, they just believed that the weavers were being picked on for some reason. Right. Like, so he kind of was already spinning the locals. Right. They took the stand that... They were the victims of religious and political persecution at the hands of an unjust government. 
Vicky began to write letters to friends, family, and law enforcement to explain their religious and political stand. All these letters ended up being put in a file with the rest of the case. Cause did, did you hear about some of the letters? No, I, I didn't look into the letters because there was so much other information. The wife was being rather antagonistic when you look at the contents of the letters, though. Really? Yeah. Well, hear this. With that being said, in April of 1991, the Marshal Service sends the files to a psychologist, uh-huh. which has the letters all in it. Uh-huh. The files were sent back referring to the Weavers as the Randalls for some odd reason. There's a reference there that I didn't quite understand yeah i didn't i didn't understand what was going on there but yeah they, right. apparently they were mislabeled as the randalls uh and it explained that they were a paranoid family led by a fierce uh matriarch uh-huh. who are all ready and willing to fight to the death yep i think the randalls comment is in reference to like another incident possibly maybe and it's kind of like kind of like saying when somebody you know uh a freudian slip that kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I don't know. I'd have to look up what that particular term means in reference to that letter. I mean, none of the sources I saw say anything extra about it. So right. I just was like, eh, maybe it was just a mistake on the psychiatrist's end. A few months pass and the marshals still haven't came and picked him or the family up yet in fear of a confrontation. Wait, what? Oh, Surprise. oh I'm sorry. <laughs> a few months pass and the marshals still hadn't tried to come and pick up Randy. Uh, or any of the family uh, in fear of a confrontation. October 1991, uh, in a shed, Vicky gave birth to their fourth child, Elishaba. Really? Elishaba? Elishaba. Okay. And I think they only did that name so they could call her Elishabug. Right. That's right. it. That's the yeah. only reason. Yeah. On March 8, 1992, a full year since the stand, uh, since he, you know, wouldn't come off of his property. Right. Uh, had started. A newspaper runs a story about him and his stand against the ATF and the Marshal Service. So three weeks after the story is printed, a meeting is held at the U.S. Marshal's headquarters, and basically they set up a, a surveillance plan that they called Operation Northern Exposure. Right. Over the next five months, the Marshals record over 100 hours of surveillance footage from a solar-powered cameras hidden around the Weaver's property. So... Is that an invasion of privacy? I would say so. But he has a warrant for his arrest. Why didn't they just issue it instead of going through all this bullshit? That's that's where I, I feel like it's weird because, like, I feel like if you break the law... Just because you have a warrant doesn't mean that that gives you probable cause to put up cameras all the way around right. everything. But I feel like when you break a law, you lose your rights. That's why you go to jail. You get punished right. and lose your rights. But he hasn't made it through the system yet. And the fact that they waited a whole year. Yeah, that's weird, too. After his initial sale, quote-unquote. And in between that time, he refuses to become a narc for them. I don't know. I don't know. Something about all this. This this whole timeline of the federal, federal timeline is weird. It right. doesn't make any sense. So from all the footage that the uh, feds had collected... Uh, well, are the feds part of the ATF? Well, it's a federal agency, okay. so... So from the footage that the feds had gotten, the Weavers always seemed to be carrying a weapon of some right, sort. Right, all the adults had. Oh, actually, even the kids had some yeah, weapons. Even the kids. So the it, ones it, did. if you're just watching this footage, it looks like they are always ready for war. Right. Uh, they also see if the family is joined up. Uh, or, or one could say that since they are living in the wild, they're always 
ready in case a wild animal attacks. That was going to be my argument in a little while. Right. That was, but that's, that, that's honestly like. <laughs> but at the same time, they knew that the feds may be knocking on their door because of the trumped up charges. Yeah. Um, so they were also joined by a family friend named Kevin Harris. Right. So let's take a quick break and okay. then we will get to what happened on August 21st, get to, 1992. Get to the meaty bits. Let's get meaty here in a second. All right, is. Kristen's playing with a cat. <laughs> he didn't bite you. He, he didn't even scratch you. He doesn't even have claws. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Danny Rayban, and this is Big Ice. We're from the podcast Regular Irregularities, and we'd like to take the time to thank Secret Transmission for giving us the opportunity to tell you about our podcast. We are regular guys with blue-collar jobs, sharing personal stories and discussing topics with pressing issues, even sharing things you may not want to hear about. So check out our free podcast. That is Regular Irregularities. And again, we'd like to thank Secret Transmission. They're our fellow podcasters, so if you haven't already, be sure to follow them as well. Project Archivist, the podcast that talks about the weird, the wonderful, and the strange. Join us every week as your hosts, Rojan and Lobo, take a different look at the world around us through guest interviews, discussion, or taking a look at the week's weirdest news. Find us at www.projectarchivist.com, on iTunes in the podcast section, or on the Stitcher Android app. Do you like video games? Do you like comics? Do you like movies? I'm Ellie. I'm Zinger, and we're the host of Zing This Podcast. We discuss nerdy topics every week on our podcast. What are some of the best ways to find our podcast, Ellie? You can search us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget, that's Z-E-N-G. This! We hope to see you guys there. Every week, we have new nerdy topics. Yay! So we are back, and uh, we are discussing the, this uh, topic off microphone, and we we're we we're talking about how this is going to be the 25th year anniversary of Ruby Ridge right. incident. And I started looking at my notes and realized it happened in August, but Rudy and I remember this incident being in April. Right. Is there a Mandela happening? We got to get our one Mandela in an episode now. And it's like you said, um, when you go in and type Ruby Ridge April, April 19th pops up. Yes. But when you look it up, all the dates say, say August. August 21st through the 31st. Right. So what the hell? So if if you have been mandela in this particular topic, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Secret Transpod. Let us know. If if you remember April, because I always remember this case being in April. I do too. Anyways, so with that being said, let's carry on. Yes, carry we're on. The, we're getting to the meaty bits of this. Story. So April twenty, April. See, I just said April, August twenty first, nineteen ninety two. Early in the morning, a team of six deputy U.S. marshals, fully armed and using night vision goggles, hike up the Weaver's Hill to get intelligence for the final phase of Operation Northern Exposure. They watched the Weavers for eight hours that day before they tried to sneak, deck, sneak back down the mountain. Very good. I know. I had a tongue twister <laughs> there. The Weavers' yellow lab striker started going crazy. Randy claims he thought maybe the dog was barking at a mountain lion or a bear, so he went to investigate. 
His son Sam and the friend Kevin also joined him. Randy went a different route while Sam and Kevin followed the dog through the woods. Sam was 14 and Kevin was 23 at the time. And, and the reason why Randy, his explanation for it was almost like he wanted to head him off at the pass. Right. He wanted to try to get, he wanted to try to beat whatever the dog was barking at before the right. kids got to it. So they were both carrying guns and they were both expecting a wild animal of some sort. Wasn't he carrying two? Yeah, they, they were all three all carrying three, guns. Yeah. Randy says he got a little down the path when he saw a man with a weapon wearing full camo gear. The man yelled, Freeze, Weaver! And Randy screamed, Screw you! And took off running the way that he came from. Right. He also claims he was screaming to the boys to get home because it they was were, an ambush. It would be an ambush, yeah. So apparently they didn't hear him. Right. The dog reached the marshals first, and they shot it. Uh, the boys started firing back at the marshals at this point. Again, they're full camoed out. Right. And the, the kids have no idea what's right. going on. This could This could literally be anyone right they haven't identified themselves it's shooting out especially after they just shot the dog man. right you've already lost me when you shoot the dog dude Uh, yeah oh yeah i think that's in in everyone's case shoot the dog you're an asshole yeah you're automatically a dick you need to be executed (laughs) well you do say that but one deputy u.s marshal is shot and killed and probably because he shot the dog (laughs) probably So, two of the marshals ran for over an hour trying to get down the mountain to find someone to help. They right. got to a neighbor's house, and they were able to call 911. You should play the 911 call here, because the way the dude talks about it is nothing like the situation that went down. It's funny you say that. I got a So, yeah, like like you said, he sounds frantic. He sounds like, I need all the help. Send in everyone. Yeah, send everyone. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't help the case for... Makes it sound like uh, the officer, uh, the other couple of the other ones were trapped. Right. It, it, it is a serious thing that was happening. Right. Somebody's dead. So, two... Well... Oh. Oh, oh did you... Yeah. I, I just started oh, the uh, the motorcycle. I didn't jokes. I didn't really hit the gas all the way. <laughs> it was just like ring. No, but it leaked out your hole. <laughs> uh, so during the gunfire, Sam had been shot and was dead. Uh-huh. The fourteen year old, the son. Yes, he was shot once through the arm and once in the back. Uh, Kevin is the one who told Randy that where Randy. Kevin is the one that told Randy when they met back up at the house. Uh-huh. So they did go back and get Sam's body, and uh, they cleaned it up and placed it in the shed that his baby sister was born in. Two two fatalities with that shootout. Local law enforcement evacuate the neighbors and close off any roads up the mountain. Washington quickly got wind of the agents pinned down in the woods in Idaho. Uh, The news spread pretty fast through news reports. The FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. responded by sending the hostage rescue team. When a federal officer is killed, government policy says that the case will be turned over immediately to the FBI. On August 21st, 1992, I had to stop myself and make sure I said August instead of April. Right. That's fucking me up. On August 21st, 1992, uh, and I wrote all these notes. That's, That's stupid that I didn't catch it until now. 
I'm not idiot. really, because in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, here I am watching it and reading it and doing all kinds of stuff on it, and I see April. Yeah. You know? On August 21st, 1992, uh, they had never heard of Ruby Ridge or Randy Weaver. They were unaware of the current situation, so the FBI, this is all news to them. Right. Uh, now they have two missions. They have to save the pinned-down marshals and arrest Randy Weaver. So they called in the very best snipers. But since they were going into an open fire situation, they began to draft special rules of engagement on the fly. So they had a set of rules of engagement. Uh huh. And since this was a unique scenario, they started making up their own rules, basically. Just on the spot. On the spot, writing them down and being like, yep, this is, this is the rule. So this would give the snipers more freedom than normal FBI shooting policy. The rest of the marshals got out of the gunfight safely, which the FBI still didn't know that because of the panic that right, happened. Right, And if all you're hearing is that 911 call, <laughs> right. you're going to think you have agents pinned down in a gunfight somewhere. Right, and so you're going to just rush out there. Right. Almost 24 hours later, they had all kinds of heavily armed men and even a tank waiting by. Now, as you might expect, with a town full of... Uh, survivalists uh-huh, uh-huh, and possibly uh-huh. paranoid of the government uh-huh. they didn't take too kindly uh, of the intimidation techniques that they were using you know right they brought a fucking tank right and all manner of armored vehicle so and it's basically every single one of the weavers worst fears coming true yes at this point. oh yeah oh yeah i think i think it started their worst fears began whenever the courts was like oh by the way if you're found guilty we're taking your shit oh you know what from day one of this incident it uh-huh. was every bit of their biggest fears right. a rat taking their land right uh just <laughs> everything everything that they were paranoid about here it is that's nuts i didn't yeah. think about that yeah look at it that way so the special rules of engagement and the sniper observation what was that Observation. Observer deployment. Oh, okay. Uh, the special rules of engagement were approved by the FBI for the use on Ruby Ridge, according to the later Regional Restructuring Task Force. Restructuring. What? Restructuring. 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 <laughs> yes, let me read that again because I fucked that up bad. Ooh. Special rules of engagement were approved by the FBI for use on Ruby Ridge, according to the later regional restructuring restructuring task force report to the United States Department of Justice in 1994. The Ruby Ridge rules of engagement were these. If any adult in the area around the cabin is observed with a weapon after the surrender announcement, had been made, deadly force could and should be used to neutralize the individual. If any adult male is, is observed with a weapon prior to the announcement, deadly force can and should be employed if the shot could be taken without endangering any children. If compromised by any dog, the dog can be taken out. <laughs> so they kind of jumped the gun on that one. They threw that one in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any subject other than Randy Weaver, Vicky Weaver, and Kevin Harris presenting threat of death or grievi- grievous, 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 grievances, grievous bodily harm, FBI rules of deadly force apply. 
Deadly force can be utilized to prevent the death or grievous bodily injury injuries to It's not grievances? It's no. grievous bodily injury. God dang it. It's messing me up. Y'all are tongue twisting me on this. I'm not reading it again. To oneself or that of another. Uh, and that's from the sworn statement of FBI Eugene Glenn. So basically, if one of the kids is carrying a gun and it could potentially harm an agent, they can fire. Yeah. Is what that says. The rules of engagement was modified from adult to adult male. Right. Uh, but it, it just said right there, if anyone, mm-hmm. and you, he, it looks like you're going to get hurt, you can, you're authorized to use deadly force. Right. But, okay, and you said that this wasn't mentioned until the report in 94, like two years yeah. later? Yeah. So they, they made it up on the spot for this, and then two years later when they started They finally everything, made it to where everyone could see it, I guess. I I think they they had to go to trial over this for a while. Well, Yeah. Well, we'll get to that because they 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 do go to a trial right, after that. Right. So, this is normally the procedure. Uh, standard deadly force policy of the FBI was agents are not to use deadly force against any person except as necessary in self defense or the defense of another, when they have reason to believe that they or another are in danger of death or grievous bodily harm. Uh, whenever feasible, verbal warnings should be given before deadly force is applied. Under the Ruby Ridge rules of engagement, uh, deadly force against the Weaver adults could and should be used without justification of defense, and in the case of the adult males, without any verbal warning. So, like you said... So they want to set up an ambush, they can ambush them. Basically. Oh, wow. And just sh- shoot. Just shoot to kill. And even if Randy was throwing down his guns and saying, I surrender, they could shoot him. Uh-huh. And it's 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 okay because it's part of the rules. Right. So even the FBI SWAT teams that were there, they weren't happy about this. Uh, things were being said like that these rules were inappropriate or severe. Or uh, unconstitutional. Yes. They hadn't been given these kind of orders before. Uh, one even said, you've got to be kidding me. Right. So, like, they even knew, like, this is bullshit. Right. Before the negotiators arrived at the cabin, FBI sniper Lon Horichi, I don't know his last name. We'll just move past it. Sure. From a position... Spell it. No, I'm not spelling it. I, I always spell stuff, and I feel like people are like, oh, are you spelling it again? So that's why I was just going to skip it. I'll tell you what, if anybody rags on you for spelling words, I'll fucking keep it. Like, bitch, say it, say it right the first time. That's right. Yeah, Gus. <laughs> yeah, Gus. <laughs> Since we already singled him out. To all, to all of our Gus's out there. And just Steve remember, Hicks. It's uh, at Adam Von Doom. <laughs> oh, Steve Hicks can suck it. Yeah. I'll get back to you in five days. Okay. (laughs) If that. (laughs) So uh, this lawn guy was Uh uh, in a position over 200 yards from a position over 200 yards away. uh, He shot and wounded Randy Weaver in the back with a bullet exiting his right armpit, exiting through his right armpit while he was lifting the latch on the shed to visit the body of his dead son. The sniper testified at the later trial that he had put the crosshairs on Weaver's spine, but Weaver moved at the last second. Ooh. That's kind of dark to say. Yeah. To testify. I would have kept that to myself. I don't... Why would you... Why would you give that up? Come clean with God. Yeah, I guess. So, um... 
Vicky stood at the door and yelled for the kids and Kevin and Randy. You know, after the gunfire, she was like, "Get in the house!" Uh, she was holding the door to let everyone run in, and when uh, she uh, got shot in the head and killed, damn. Uh, she was also holding uh, the 10 months old. She was holding the baby? That's, see, I don't think the baby was hurt. Right. But I, I do believe she was holding it. Uh, so that same bullet that killed Vicky went through her head and into Kevin's left arm and into his chest. Oh, wow. So. So it has a constant reminder. Yeah. So right now we've got, uh, Randy has a wound in his right. Back, uh, armpit. It went, yeah, it right, exited okay. his armpit. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got Vicky dead uh-huh. through the head, and we have Kevin has that bullet. Vicky in the head. It yeah. didn't kill him. No. Oh wow. But it split open the picture I saw. It uh-huh. split him his arm open like crazy. It looks right. nuts. And Sammy's dead. Yeah, Sammy's Sam. He's yeah. He he was the first one. Right. A lot of the blame on this whole ordeal gets put on this guy named Richard Rogers or Dick Rogers. We're going to call him Dick because he is a fucking dick. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, as the man, he he's, like I said, he's the one that gets all the, the blame. Uh, it, because he's the one that gave them the ultimatum of come out or else. Oh, okay. So that's another reason they didn't want to leave is right. they were standing their ground. Right. So by day three, more troops are still coming. By the end of this, there was some uh, sources saying that there was a couple of hundreds of marshals and and just you know people out there trying to uh, be a part of the situation. Right. Uh, so they started bringing in earth moving equipment to widen the road and build a bridge so they could bring in even more equipment. Uh, they set up a little campsite uh, for the feds that apparently looked like small communities. Uh huh. People, you know, it's basically their job. So they were, like, unwinding, playing horseshoes, uh, jogging up and down the road. Uh, getting. You could see people getting dressed in their camos. You could see people coming down the mountain like they were getting off shift and stuff. It was. It's just kind of a weird situation, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, when I, when I saw that people were playing horseshoes, and there's video of them playing horseshoes and stuff, it's really weird. Like, they were just treating it like any other day. Yeah, like... And the people up on the hill are literally fighting for their lives. Right. Is that weird? That is kind of weird. I mean, it's not their fault. I don't feel like it's the... I don't know. It's just... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that exactly. Today, you couldn't get away with that. Today, I don't think they could do that. No, no. You would have to treat it way more professional than that. So, at this point, they sent a remote-controlled robot with a phone to the door uh, of the Weaver's home and tried to negotiate with them. Apparently, they didn't get very far with that. They did not want to go get the phone. Right. Uh, you blame them at this point? I mean, no. You know, too dead, too injured? Well, there's something that I'll, I'll bring up in a minute about that robot. Oh, okay. All right. Which they had good suspicion on. Uh-huh. Uh, they ended up sending in big equipment to start knocking over the sheds and other structures on the property. Uh, you know, the Weavers were worried that they would try to knock over the house on top of them. Right. That's what Randy said anyways. So the, the plan was to clear the buildings out. So basically, they don't have any cover. They don't have anywhere to hide. Right. I guess it didn't really make sense. I guess they were just knocking over buildings, but then they got to the shed that Sam's body was in. Uh-huh. And for some reason, the guy got out of the whatever piece of equipment it was, a bulldozer or whatever, and... uh 
they opened the shed and they found Sam's body. And uh, they had no idea that Sam... Apparently no one knew that Sam was dead at this point. That's what they claim. Really? Uh, well, in a way, how could they know in the initial confusion? Shots being fired. Right. Agents running down hills. People running back to a house. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a lot to be lost there. Right. And let's let's stop and think about this. Okay. The feds have no clue that that the son has been killed. Right. The weavers are in an all-out war because the son was killed. Right. The feds only see the weavers fighting to defend Randy, not fighting because, because of, of a the dead loss. son. Yeah. Right. So it really puts a different spin on this whole situation. Now. Yeah, it really does. Uh. So this is day four now. They publicly told the media that Sam had been killed. And of course, this pisses off the crowd. Oh, yeah. All the locals that were supporting it are pissed. So day five, they investigated the original area of the shooting. They start to believe that the story of what happened may have been exaggerated. That that uh, 911 call? Uh-huh. Yeah, a little exaggerated. I, I, I don't think it was an emergency. Right. And that guy was panicking for his life. He just got shot at. So I understand, but it it wasn't the situation that he made it out to be. Yeah, because it's, I think it would be kind of hard to pin down three heavily armed federal agents with three kids, a baby, and three adults. Right. Half of which weren't even involved. And one of them's already dead. So the evidence that they were looking for... Uh, that the marshals had been pinned down. Now, I guess there was claims that they had been pinned down for like 12 hours. So they were looking for just a shit ton of bullet casings. Right. Uh, because they should have... If, if you're pinned down and you can't run, that means you've been shot at. You know, yeah. you can't you're move. under constant fire. Uh, right. So they should have found thousands uh, if they were truly pinned down and couldn't escape for 12 hours. Right. They called off the special rules of engagement that, at this point. Because finally they, they didn't find right, so it's it's kind of too late though. The roadblock campsite where the feds were set up, they were starting the the crowds were starting to get rowdy at this point, uh -huh. and more and more angry because it's not exactly what they said was going on. Right, they were being joined by neo Nazis and skinheads to help show support for the Weavers and their beliefs mm -hmm. at this point. Randy and Kevin have Sarah write a note telling their side of the story of what happened in case they were to be killed. On day seven, a man named Bo Gritz tried to bring paperwork for a citizen's arrest warrant for the, gover for the governor of Idaho. Basically, he did this just to kind of like get everyone's attention. Right. He wanted to go up the mountain without any guns or any camo, and he wanted to talk to Randy. Well, somehow, I guess they yelled back and forth because Randy's not touching that phone. Randy agreed, and... Bo went up the mountain to talk. Bo ended up making more progress in that one day than anyone else had in the previous six days. The bad news is, Bo got to find out all the details of what had happened to Vicky and Sam. Right. Apparently the feds had no clue that she had been killed either. Which the guy fucking sniped her out. I was gonna say, how how do you not have get any kind Okay, well, if you have special conditions to take someone out, and you don't... Does he not have to report it to someone? Right. So what do you think this says to the crowd? Oh, it infuriates them, oh, yeah. I guess. They're, they're pissed off even oh, yeah. more. Uh, so day nine, Bo talks to Randy again, and this time, I guess he tells a story of what 
I guess he tells the story to where it records, uh-huh. and he explains exactly what happened to Vicky and claims that uh, they knew that she was killed, which, like we said, yeah. How do you not know? Yeah. They explained that they didn't want to get the phone off the robot because they thought it had a sawed-off shotgun on it. And they worried if they grabbed it, it would fire a shot at them, which it was pointed right at their front door, uh-huh. which they were right. It was a sawed-off shotgun. What? Mm-hmm. For real? Bo turns to a family friend, Jackie Brown, to go up there and help negotiate to get them to come down. They still weren't ready, but gave Jackie a list of supplies that they needed and a note that they had wrote to bring back down to the uh, feds and everyone. Right, right. So day 10, Bo went up to the cabin to try to talk Kevin into coming down. His injury was starting to become very infected, uh, and he finally did surrender, and long story short, he was taken to a hospital. Right. By the 11th day, Dick Rogers threatened Bo that if he didn't get them out soon, he was going to use force to get them out, just to show how big of an asshole this guy is. Being awfully antagonistic for... Someone who wants to end it peacefully. Right. Bo went and talked to Randy, and at this time, Randy told him that they were ready to die, just like his kid's mother. Bo ended up talking Randy and his girls into coming down, long story short. Right. So after 11 days, they gave up. Randy was taken to jail. Randy and Kevin were both charged with murder and conspiracy. After a three-month trial, Kevin Harris is found not guilty on all charges and is released. Randy is found not guilty on all charges except originally his, his original... His failure to appear charge. oh seriously so uh, for selling the illegal firearms right uh and he had to serve six months in jail in 1994 the weavers filed a civil suit and ended up settling with the government for 3.1 million dollars nice so i think a uh, million dollars went to each child that that survived and a hundred thousand went to randy right kevin harris was awarded thirty eight hundred thousand dollars in his settlement uh uh, 380,000? 300 what did I just Yeah, 380,000. Okay. In his settlement against the government uh which ended in September 2000. But let's take a small break real quick. Okay. And when we come back we'll, we'll finish this baby up. All right. Hey there, fellow podcast fans. Do you love comic books and especially Swamp Thing? Get out of the bayou. So do we. Come check out the Parlopod Show, the world's only podcast dedicated to the muck-encrusted mockery of a man himself, Swamp Thing. This is some serious arcane audio. We also have a sister show, Splurch, where we dive into the world of comics and all the crazy aspects of life. Give us a listen at Parlopod.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, are you YouTube channel, visit our site, parlapod.com, and consider supporting our Patreon for some really cool rewards and exclusive content. Check us out on podcastradionetwork.net every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Join the conversation on Twitter by following at Parlapod. We'll see you in the swamps. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you remove the alien anal probe out of the story and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, 
mysteries and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week by subscribing. Find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. Hi, I'm Desmond. And I'm Shalom. And, and we're, we're the, the Not Historians. Just two guys with big mouths and little historical knowledge who take on pop history and everyday history things. It's so close to learning that you just might. Like the fact that Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. Well, he composed it. However, it was physically written by Thomas Matlick, clerk to the Secretary of the Second Continental Congress. Boom. Did your mind just explode? Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and other podcast catchers. You can find us online at Not Historians on Twitter and on Facebook. Now enjoy the rest of your show. And we are back. Yep. So, uh, to finish this all up, the FBI later admitted that they tried to cover some of these things up and that their rules of engagement that they made up you know, on the fly, mm-hmm. were very unconstitutional. So they agreed and admitted it. Fine, finally. Uh, rumors that the FBI had engaged in a cover-up regarding the Ruby Ridge operation were verified when E. Michael Cahill, okay, former chief of the FBI's violent crime section, pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice in 1996. So it took him a couple of years, but really? he, he got he got spanked. In 1997, FBI agent Loney Horchie, the, the sniper, shooter, yeah. uh, was charged by an Idaho County prosecutor with uh, involuntary manslaughter in the death of Vicki Weaver, but a federal judge dismissed the charge in 1998, citing the alleged immunity of federal officers from state prosecution. In 2001, a federal court of appeals overruled the, the ruling, I don't know why that sounded weird to me. Overruled the ruling. Basically, they overruled what the judge said. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. So they so they're not above the law. Right. Thank God. <laughs> Stating that the federal officers who violate the U.S. Constitution can be charged with uh, state criminal offenses. However, a new Idaho prosecutor declined to pursue the manslaughter charges. So they basically were like, "No, since you were promised immunity, you get immunity." And then later on, they were like, well, well, you're guilty, but we're not going to press charges. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's messed up. So they can change the rules on a fly, kill a bunch of people, then change the rules back because they were unconstitutional, but nobody gets charged with any kind of murder or mis- or misconduct right. or wrongdoing. Now, some of the, some of the higher-ups, I think that, that Dick guy, uh-huh. um, I think he ended up getting hit with something, too. Right. Uh, like I said, he gets a lot of the blame for the uh, actions taken in this. Right. So, do you want to hear what the ATF is supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm ma- curious. The major functions of the ATF are to reduce reduce the risk to public safety caused by illegal firearms trafficking, reduce the risk of public safety caused by criminal possession and use of firearms, 
reduce the risk of public safety caused by criminal organizations and gangs, improve public safety by increasing compliance with federal laws and regulation of by firearms industry members, reduce the risk of public safety caused by bombs and explosives, reduce the risk to public safety caused by criminal use of fire, improve public safety by increasing compliance with federal laws and regulations by explosive industry members, Reduce the loss of tax revenues caused by contraband, alcohol, and tobacco trafficking. Okay. So basically, they didn't follow any other rules. No, not <laughs> they, one They put bit. children, everyone in danger. Yep. Uh, they killed a child for crying out loud. Yep. Wow. So what are your thoughts on this Ruby Ridge? Kristen has vanished, but it's still us. Right. <sighs> wow. Doing Doing the research, I didn't realize how extensive the uh, cover-up was on the law's part, especially the federal government's part, which to me anymore nowadays should not be surprising. (laughs) All the shit we've covered where the federal government does bullshit just to further an agenda or to prove a point or to bully or to whatever. Right. And it doesn't matter who's in charge. It, it, it comes from both sides. It seems this is, this is ridiculous. If the, okay. If the guy wouldn't have gotten involved or wouldn't have been at that rally, none of this would have happened because he never would have met the the agent. He never would have had a reason to sell him sawed-off shotguns, and they'd probably be chilling up in that cabin today. Yes. Because... So what you're saying is, moral of the story, do not go to white supremacist rallies. Don't get involved with any kind of hate group, <laughs> period. <laughs> just don't. Right. It's just common courtesy. <laughs> but, don't be a dick. Right. But I we know, just lost all our white supremacist right. listeners. <laughs> all, all four of them, I'm sure that listen. Uh, but the thing is, I know several survivalists. They call them preppers now. Doomsday preppers. Right. When I was here. Well, they've dropped the doomsday part because it just sounds. Bleh. And none of them are this extreme. They basically want what these guys want, minus the hate. Right. They just want to be left alone. So I, I, I still go back to the, if they would have stayed out of. The, the hate group, they'd be fine. It makes me wonder how trained the, that original group uh, that went up for surveillance was. Because they seemed pretty startled at the dog and the, the kids showing up. And, right. Like, it seemed like... Well, I know that, but how the hell did they get those cameras up, those solar-powered cameras up there without anyone noticing? Because there's some really close shots know, of those houses and I shit. I want to say... Man, I... Inside I, job. Here. Oh, hold on. Sorry. And Kristen is back. Inside job. No, they didn't have anyone on the inside at the time. This is this is uh, uh, after the biker stuff when they were already like holed up on their mountain and they weren't coming down. So they didn't have anyone going up there. On top of know living, of. on top of living in a community surrounded by people who felt the same way they did. Maybe they already had the cameras up then. They man, I don't know how the hell. Because have you seen some of the surveillance? Yeah. Video? Oh, it's close. Yeah. It's Maybe detailed. they already felt uncomfortable and had the cameras up. It's very possible. It's very possible they could have been watching them for a long time. Right, for a really long time. And we only know about the hundred some odd hours of footage. Right. How who, many? who knows, really? Uh-huh. I mean, it could go pretty deep like that. Right. Yeah. I think uh, this, there are, I mean, there are other uh, incidents where, uh-huh. you know, the, the ATV. <laughs> Right. I'd say just the ATF uh, went out of control, but this is one of the first ones where they were able to say 
This is why you have to follow the rules. We have these rules here for you to follow, not to fucking. Are you go talking off. about the ATF or the general public? ATF, right? ATF, like because they fucked up so bad that the government lost three point one million dollars plus another three hundred eighty thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about his. Right. So, so nearly so, four so, million. Yeah. Plus they lost men. Their, you know, they lost what three people killed. You know, a lot. Plus, you know, bad they, publicity. If, oh God, yeah. Hell, they. I still think that. I I don't think they've ever gained their. In uh, my opinion, the federal government has never had a really good public image, anyway. Right, but they definitely can't. I don't. I feel like when something's tainted that bad, you're always going to have that little bit of like. The '90s was a turning point for the federal government as far as going way downhill. Right. I don't know why. That's that was even uh, Clinton too. Okay, hold on. It would have been his first year, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you say like you don't know why, but that's when technology really started kicking off with cameras and like we could be more nosy, be more. But this was ninety two. They had like, solar, solar powered, powered cameras. cameras yeah, weren't but... that popular though yet. Uh, well, what I'm that saying is that's of. that's why that's why. They were able to investigate longer and more in depth right. than before. Like used to, it was audio recordings, and that's about it. You could like wire... I'll say this: like back in the nineties, like I was late nineties, so I was eighty eight, so probably about like mm, ninety nine, two thousand. There was a bunch of like whenever you go on to AOL, you know, you had AIM chat. Like there was those bots uh-huh. that were sex bots, and that's when I. Whenever all that shit was all the time, (laughs) that's when all that shit would come out and everything. Like, and it's so that's whenever it was really starting to right. So what you're saying is what you're saying is like not even eight years later they we that's when the the stupid uh, chat bots started coming out. Right. So I mean, technology was getting better, is what I was saying. So like, I don't know. I mean, well, think about it this way too. Three years after this incident, Windows first appeared. Nah, yeah. All right. A few years after that, we started getting these fancy little things called cell phones that mm-hmm. were b- about the size of a the brick. Motorola's. You know? And right. The little Motorola. Off singular. And notice how, like, more Which and more. singular's not even such a thing anymore. Not really. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, notice how. Not really. More, it's not nothing. More and more fucked up, like these. Uh... Because, okay, let's say 90s. When was Heaven's Gate? 94-ish? 95? I think so. I'm just saying, like, all this is... is Things have changed tremendously because, like, okay, so I was paying all my bills off earlier. And just like the guy said, he goes, I say, well, I got a bill in the freaking mail for my little two-year-old. And it's in his name. And he owes $117. And I'm like, how in the world does a two-year-old owe $117? Well, he was telling me, he's like, that's against the law. But if you remember, I don't know if you remember, Rudy, or not. You, your parents may have been solid as shit. But I remember my mom and dad used to put uh, bills electric in bills them. in my name. And that's because <coughs> they knew when we grew up that we wouldn't be responsible for it and it'd drop off for 18. So a lot of people would put bills in our name like there's a lot of things that's changed since then 
Yeah, I had to fight some shit on my credit because I had somebody do that to I me. I did too. So it sucks. I, Heaven's Gate was 97, by the way. Okay, so see, okay, this is, I, I think I've got my, my thought. Okay. The technology was available to spread to mass amounts of people. Right. Stuff that happened like this in the 70s, we don't know of how bad some, if, if this incident would have happened in the 70s, we wouldn't be talking about it right now, you know? It would have been localized. It would have been, I mean, news. Well, okay, would it have been though? I think so. Well, maybe not the seventies. Seventies is still pretty early on, and and or you know the beginning of our our. Yeah, but we still talk about Roswell, and Roswell was what the fifties. Yeah, but you're telling me there was no other survivalist or like gun trading, I, I, some something like this where. Oh, they... you're, you're talking like maybe there was another incident like this way back when that we just don't know about because it news did... didn't spread as quickly. Right, because as soon as that phone call. The 911 phone call was made. That's when the news reports started getting on it, and that's right. when the uh, the news stations started going out there, and and you know because even the news stations back then were able to monitor. Right, that's what I'm saying. So phone calls and... because of technology, is that a possibility that that's why w- basically uh, they got caught with their pants down about changing the rules and you, everything. You know what I say? I I would say yes because look at what our technological level is now and look what's going on now it's okay you can't walk sideways without hashtag pizza cake yeah you can't walk sideways without somebody getting angry about something that they saw online right whether it's true or not right mm-hmm. case in point you know look at look at look at how we're look, look how we're talking about this we're all closely monitored now and oh, and here's the thing. Here's the kicker, though, on that. We're doing it willingly. We're giving our shit away willingly. Mm-hmm. Everything. From our face on Snapchat to I just had the biggest shit on Facebook. You know, everything in well, our see, lives we and, talk and about. And that's my point is this would have been the time where it was like, ooh, we can get away with making up our own rules. Right. But it was just one of those things where they just did it at the wrong time and it was like, Oh. I still think they do try to get away with making. Oh up yeah, their no, own no, no, no. I'm not L- saying. Look at uh, look at the incident that happened was a year or two ago in Montana where the rancher got shot by federal agents. Ooh, I remember that vaguely. Yeah, we should cover that. And they claimed that he was trying to pull a gun on him, but if you look at the video that was being taken from inside the the truck at the time, a window gets shot out first. And he, he has his hands in the air. He's getting out of the truck, out of the passenger, or out of the driver's side with his hands in the air. Just wait for and it. And one of the windows just shatters. Huh. There's a woman who was shot two days ago. Well, not two days ago, I'd say. So this will be a long time ago by the time this airs. <laughs> well, yeah. So she is she is shot a week ago. Morgan Freeman. Not Freeman. Wow. Um, Breaking news. <laughs> for the well, he's secret. died about 15 times anyway on the internet, so I'm not even worried about it. It's because he's Nelson I Mandela. I forget name. But she was, so she was coming out of the car, and they are now fighting. Is it a, like, mental disability thing? Like, if someone comes at you, you're a police officer, uh-huh. and, like, they come at you and you're a mental disability, like, patient, should they fire you? Fire at you or not? Well, I'd say See, that's a little more. That's, yeah, it, but they if, don't know if the person's being erratic. Well, she came at him with the knife. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, even disabled but or not, she was 
you mentally, don't know that. like you see a person coming at you with a knife, right? Even if, right. even if, no, even if you I, were me I totally or any agree, of us, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, there's so much stuff coming out, right? It's unreal, like, and it goes back to it, the technology thing, yeah, and it's changing, and things are changing from when we first ever started like dealing with this kind of stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely agree. So, any final thoughts on on this particular? Yeah, don't case. don't trust don't trust anything with the government ever, and don't go to white supremacist parties. Oh, stay away from the hate groups. Come on, jeez, that's just common <laughs> courtesy for crying out loud. Unless they're never mind. I'm not even gonna say. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, but that's great. Nope, nope. <laughs> I'm not finishing that thought one bit. <laughs> well, should we uh, wrap this up? Sure. All right, everyone, say goodbye. Adios. Good night. How do you know they're listening to it at night, Rudy? Because I listen to it at night when I do listen to it. Do you listen to it at like midnight and under your covers with a flashlight? No. Flashlight? Oh, Morgan. (laughs) Her name is Morgan Rankin now that I know it. A flashlight? That's how we're going to end it. Okay. Flashlight. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Sponsor us. Flashlight. Flashlight. Take it. Thank you for listening to our discussion on Ruby Ridge. If you'd like to leave any comments or anything like that, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Secret Transpod. You can email us, secrettransmission at hotmail.com, and you can go like our Facebook page. Uh, you can also find our show on uh, iTunes. Please leave us a review. Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. You just got to search for Secret Transmission Podcast. You can also catch our show on the podcast radio network at 9 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. Just visit podcastradionetwork.net and you can listen to us every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also help support the show by ordering a t-shirt from What A Maneuver. We have a store on their website. Uh, The link is in the description. So if you would, please go purchase a shirt. And if you uh, send us a screenshot of proof or you wearing the shirt and an address we will actually send you a free little button as a small thank you i guess that's gonna do it we hope you come back and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable Say goodbye, Roger. He's not hungry. Or maybe they were pigeonholing him. I know he's not. Okay, so say I've... He just wants to be lovey. I looked at his food earlier. He's not hungry. Uh, a few months pass. <laughs> he's like, love me, damn it. Kitty, leave me alone. <laughs> so, before the negotiation... Ne- Negotiation. Negotiators. <laughs> Before the no sh- nego- It's okay. Just Negotiators. Take your time. Edit it out if you want. I will. On this one, I am. Because <laughs> it's a word I can actually read. I'm just tripping over my tongue. Don't don't edit it out. I think it's more entertaining. I think the I think your fans get a little something from mm-hmm. it. <laughs> You're like fuck you. No, you know what it was. I said negotiation first off, and then he's a smart silly. Negotiators. negotiators. It is and negotiators. then he coughed on his words, and I was like, uh, negotiators? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs>
It's okay. Toby. Say it now, Toby. I will. <laughs> After, he, he's, he, see, he's got to get the pauses. Neck. He's got to get the pauses in so he can edit it all. Negotiated out. in negotiations. I'll put it all in the outtakes. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Lately. Are you gonna do like a special little little like gag reel? I, I don't save the files like that. I've oh, thought about okay. doing that, but it's it's a lot more work and stuff to keep up with. Right. Remind me it. something after this. Okay. I gotta tell you. God. I gotta tell you something. It's too, hilarious. So. <laughs>